praise God from whom all blessings flow. Oh, okay. Yeah, just just want to let you know that. <laughs> <laughs> you are so ready for church tomorrow, aren't you, Lawson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just getting it down, you know. Getting geared up. Yeah, getting yeah, geared yeah. Up. Yep. Welcome back to the breakfast show this morning with Lawson and mine. Lawson's getting his pipes on. <laughs> yep. Why are you so crazy, Lawson? Yeah, I, I just wanted to see the reaction. I was just like, let's 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 just start, dude. I'm down. Like you can it. sing anytime you want. You should. I I still am flabbergasted as to why you don't bring a guitar in and serenade us every day. Like I love the Haystack song, yeah. and I love the all your different Monica songs, even though you ripped them off mostly <laughs> from different TV shows. <laughs> I'm down to clown. I, it's what I do. It's what I do. It's what you do. Monica, it? how have you been? How's yeah, life? Yeah, 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 good. Good? Yeah, right. like loving my car. I got the unicorn car. Very grateful for that. Oh, how is that a unicorn car? Oh, so um, <clears throat> a lady at my church, uh, she bought a new car and she was going to like ditch the old one mm-hmm. and just like have it scrapped. Mm-hmm. And then she told me, look, it's got like 10 days left of Red Joe. Feel free to drive around if you want. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah. And so I drove it around, and then at the end of the 10 days, she's like, oh, here are the Rego papers. If you want to drive around a bit longer, you just have to pay for, like, you know, the Rego and the insurance and the slip and everything. And I was like, sure. And then I was like, hang on. This is, like, an old bum of a car. There's a reason why she upgraded. I don't think this is going to pass inspection. But then I looked at the Rego papers, and it says, no need for inspection. And I called Lyle, because Lyle was, like, a total car person, car guy. And we're trying to figure out why on earth this old car doesn't require inspection. What? Yeah, and doesn't make what? it doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make any it sense. This is like an old, it's like a two thousand, like it's an eighteen year old, nineteen year old car. And literally on the registration form it says no need for inspection. And so we were like just going. Like I was like just going to the service New South Wales and just pay to have it, you know, re registered. That's amazing. And just see what happens. And if they say, hang on, where's your slip? You know, you can point out the, the little the little box there, but if they argue, then you know maybe maybe it's not a good idea to spend all that money on something. It's not going <laughs> probably won't pass inspection. And so I just went in. I just you know handed yeah. over the piece of paper, shimmied on up there. No, I didn't shimmy nothing. <laughs> okay, it was another woman, <laughs> and um, just paid the fee and and walked out. And so that's why we call it the unicorn car because we have no idea how it exists. We have no idea how this car exists. But I'm super grateful. I'm very, 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 very grateful because I love it. Even For those of you who can't see me right now, my eyes yeah. are really wide. His eyes are like popping out. His eyes are like dinner plates. That is incredible. Floor. I know. And you that know, doesn't make sense I at know. all. How, I know. That's, that's why <laughs> we all call it the unicorn car. We're like, how, 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 how is this happening? What? How does something get approved to not need inspection Fiction. when it's 19 mm, years, years old. old? Yeah. I don't know. If someone can call and let me know why. Yes. <laughs> how, it's obviously an, an anomal- anomaly because no everyone's like, that's unheard of. So That is unheard of. Yeah, so it's a blessing. Cause, that's incredible. Yeah, that's why I love her so much because, yeah. We usually, usually... We oh, do you have a name for the car? We call it the unicorn It's car. just the unicorn, unicorn car. car. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's what... We love her. And uh, even though she, like, most of the time fires on three. Oof. <laughs> every Struggling. Now then, every now and then the fourth will kick in and you're like, woo! Yeah, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're zooming. <laughs> and the lights and the dash are constantly on even though nothing's wrong and... <laughs> <laughs> My park brake is apparently constantly on, according to the dash lights. Um, but yeah, there's like a million little little quibbles going wrong with it. She's yeah, about to fall no, apart. Classic old But cars. she goes, she goes, she goes. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I'm good. She's good. We're great. Thanks. Living best lives right <laughs> yeah, here, that's dude. That's it. I will Winning. mourn when she finally really does die. <laughs> this morning, she started making some sort of funny like... What, what was that noise, producer Jazz, where we coupled into work today? It was right on the last little bit. It's... It was like a knocking noise or something, <laughs> but it was coming from the dashboard of all places. Yeah, like a tappy <laughs> knocking noise from the. Da- <laughs> You'll know your car's stuffed when. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does anything like one's car's doing. So yeah, <laughs> but I am actually saving up for a van. So I super oh, appreciate. Yeah, yeah. So van mom. Yeah, so I super appreciate. Um, this lady at my church, uh, she's actually the lady that I went to Kenya with, and mm. I super appreciate her generosity in letting me 100%. drive this car around um, because it does enable me to save up more uh, for an even better van. Mm. So, yeah, hopefully by the end of this year, I will have one bomb van. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strip it out and I'm going to kit it up. Um, so it's like a camper van, but like a stealth van. 
stealth so camper van. So from the outside, van. you can't tell it's a camper van. But from the inside, I'll be able to like, you know, have my bed, you know. Like a disco ball. Um, Maybe not the disco ball. <laughs> what? Not even a lava lamp. Not even a lava lamp? I <laughs> know. No. What about a rug? Definitely no orange or brown anywhere. <laughs> Nothing psychedelic. There'll be no paisley either. Single tier. Because paisley is of the devil. We all know that. <laughs> no, but... Uh, Big calls. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be a great van. Is this and, part of our Bible study? Nope. <laughs> we better get into it. Well, give but, us another clue for the quiz. You asked first. me how I was, okay? <laughs> no one's asked me how I was for a long time. No, I'm kidding. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I discerned by the spirit. I was like, Vaughn needs some venting time. <laughs> venting about how cool her bomb car yeah, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I don't mean bomb in the new way, I mean bomb in the old way. The it's old, a bomb. It's a bomb. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let me hit you with another clue for our yep. What Am I quiz. Okay, this is clue number four. Paul says your conversation should be seasoned with this. Seasoning. We could actually do a Bible study on what that really means because that might be confusing to think of it in a literal sense. Like what would it mean literally to like sprinkle on your words? Well, did you know that Lyle did answer um, a question of the day, a Q of the D on this very subject? Did he now? Yes, it was really good. Yeah. It was really good because I, actually I was there to record it and uh-huh. ask him uh-huh. said question. That must have been when I was in Africa. P.S. Lost Waters, you smell fabulous this morning. I know I do. Yeah, you I do. I always do. Um, <laughs> you smell good today. I Lawson. smell good today. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, I got Lawson a bottle of proper men's cologne this morning and he put it on in the studio and now the studio smells fantastic. Well, there you go. Yeah. You smell real good, Lawson. Yeah. You're a real man now. Yeah. Graduated I've just finally taken the step. Graduated from Lynx to proper cologne. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know Lynx rhymes with stinks for a reason, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know Lynx is Axe in America, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. You're struggling, Monica. I do know it's Axe. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Get your head in the game. So off topic. Get your head Are we in talking about the, the fifth game. Elijah this morning? No. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, yeah. but no. Four, five, six Elijahs. Roll no. them out. Roll them out. But we are talking about a chapter five of a particular book. So, oh. you know, chapter five, you know, fifth day of the week. No, it's the fourth day of the week, actually. Fifth day of the working week. I was going to say what? No, it's the sixth. It's, a, it's, it's the, the sixth day of the working week the and the sixth, sixth day, day of the week. Man, week. I am struggling. It's definitely Friday, dude. It's definitely Friday, which means that we're you know soon we're going to be hanging out in church. You know, oh well, I, you know, as soon as I finish radio, for those of you who don't know, I just get in my car and drive straight to my church because that's where I work. But uh-huh. you know. It's a good place to work. It is. It's an Amen. incredible, amazing place to work. I haven't visited your church before. Well, you got to soon because we are gearing up to open our op shop and our juice bar. Let me know when it's opening and I'll yeah. come for the big, the grand opening. Dude, 100%. Yeah. Raymond Terrace Mission, hit it up. You know, if you want to come along this weekend, you want to hang out with me, mm-hmm. then come. Yeah. I was, I was, I had, I didn't go to my home church last week and I did have a responsibility and I shirked it to visit a different church. So I have Ooh. to be at my home church this week to do it. Okay. I have to do an announcement. Actually, I can make the announcement on air as well because this is really cool news. So last year, Maitland Seventh day Adventures Church in East Maitland, which is in Newcastle, New South Wales, had their first annual arts and craftsmanship festival and it was just a huge success. We had mm. so many people, not just from our church, but friends of church members, community members turning up, um, turning up to see like our church for some reason, I don't, I don't know what's in the water, but our church is so creative. Um, you know, it, if you paint, if you carve, woodworking, photography, sculpture, whatever it is you do, any kind of um, you know quilting, paper crafts, uh, whatever it is you do, um, you can submit them to our Arts and Craftsmanship Festival. It's coming up, and uh, and it'll be put on display. We're accepting like like it's not like they have to like pass a criteria. If you've made it, it'll go on display. And it's hung, really? it's hung properly and it's put, you know, beautifully on display. And uh, people come and see, you know, what their friends and what, you know, the people they know in their church are, are capable of making. And it's really incredible. And then, um, you know, there's a winner. The people vote to who they think is the best artist or craft craftsperson and they win a prize. And um, it's a really wonderful evening. Um, 
just just incredible stuff. You, you, sometimes you have no idea what the people you're surrounded by are capable of. But that's coming up in uh, three months minus one week. <laughs> um, but, yes, we tell people a lot of forewarning. So three months' time is a good time to like start working on your, on your paintings, on your sketches, putting together a photography portfolio. So, yeah, come along to that. Submit something if you like, but stay tuned. N- more next. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Welcome back to Faith FM. <laughs> we are going to go and do a Bible study. Yes. Right after I, you know, I just, you know, in the little break there, just blasted one a little bit. Just like uh-huh. hit it with a sizzling savage remarks. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. it's okay. We're, we're just going to continue. We're just going to move on. Off shenanigans. Yeah, we're just going to move on from that. Are we in Chapter 5 of First Thessalonians? Yes. Yes, oh, we're going to be... We're going to be actually going over chapter four and five in the next uh, 19 minutes of Bible study that we have. Because, oh man, I, I think this is awesome. I think this is like, this is now getting into real practical application territory. We've been talking over the last couple of days. Um, we started off by talking about the cycle of evangelism. You know, how Paul brings to the word to the Thessalonians and they receive it with joy and then they become, they themselves become witnesses to others and they themselves, um, you know, in fact, the Bible says that um, their witness sounds forth not only in Macedonia and Archaea, which is their local region, but in every place. And Paul is just so incredibly impressed by these people. He's just like, oh, God is awesome. But then yesterday we talked about the reason that they received the word with joy and the reason that they were so effective in their witness was Paul's pure witness to them. That Paul came not, you know, not in deceit. Um, not in covetousness, not just wanting to receive money, but he came purely and they could discern and see that and the Spirit of God was flowing. Um, and that meant that, you know, they hadn't any, any an example to go by. I've heard it said like this. Um, Gary Blanchard, who is the uh, youth director of our, you know, the Seventh-day Adventist church, he, he says it like this. He He's like, I, I think I've said this on air before, but I just find it so hilarious. He's like, man, some people say, you know, they say this really spiritual quote. They say, don't look at me, look at Jesus. And that does sound really spiritual, right? It's like, mm. yeah, that, that makes sense. Don't look at me, look at Jesus. And then he made this powerful point. He's like, but if people don't see Jesus in you, where are they going to see Jesus? Yeah. They don't have the Bible. Then, like these they people aren't reading Jesus. the Bible. They're not. You know, they're not going to church. If they don't see Jesus working in your life, where are they going to see Jesus? Yeah. And it's an important thing for us to remember. That you know, that Jesus says in John fourteen that if we pray for the Helper, He will abide in us, and and the Holy Spirit will do a work in us to transform us and sanctify us to become like Jesus. Uh, so, you know, the the paradigms, I guess the 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 steps of salvation. There's the first step of justification. Which is, you know, that you you make a volitional decision. You say, I want to accept everything that God's done for me and I want to, you know, repent and confess, you know, my sins. And God accepts you straight away. You know, God says, yes, amen, brother. And, and he takes you in his arms. And, and it's this, you know, thing that, that yeah, when we fall, um, we need to do. And, and it's, you know, they call it the sinner's prayer when you come to God and you, you confess your sins and you repent. But then the next step on that journey is what's called sanctification which is that you you start to go on a journey where God and the Holy Spirit starts to do a work in your life to take you from where you are to where God wants you to be. You know, it starts making you, you know, uh, manifesting the fruits of the Spirit in your life. We talked a little bit about this last week when we were talking about Psalm chapter 1 and becoming like a tree plant, planted by the water that, uh, that, that bears fruits. Um, that that whole journey of sanctification, how God just does an amazing work to make you a better person. Um, and, yeah, it's just awesome to see that, that Paul is recognizing that in the Thessalonians, but that whole journey started because of the witness that brought, Paul brought them. Now, we're going to skip chapter 3, not because it's not amazing, but because for time's sake. And we're just going to go to chapter 4, in which I'm actually going to summarize a little bit. Okay. Essentially, what happens in chapter four? Um, I just want to read the uh, the last couple of verses. Actually, could you read for me mm-hmm. verses thirteen to eighteen of chapter four, please? Oh, First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. 
We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in heaven. In air, sorry, in the air. They will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Mm, That is one of the most powerful and descriptive expositions of the... Exposition, that's not the, the correct word. I'm just trying to Explanation. say all the explanations, I guess, mm-hmm. or the, you know, the, the telling of the second coming that we see in the epistle, you know, the Pauline epistles. Of course, we could go to Daniel and Revelation and, and, uh, or especially Revelation and see that really, really fleshed out. But in terms of Paul's writings, it doesn't get much better than that. You know, Paul no. is just going through like what it's going to look like. But the purpose here, he's like, hey, you know, comfort one another with, with these words. You know, if you're, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as those who have no hope. He says, you know, we have this great hope in the second coming of Christ. You know, we have this amazing, awesome thing. It's it's coming. It's going to be amazing. You know, uh, us who are going to, to fall asleep, us who are going to die before that point, um, you don't need to worry because if we die in Jesus, you know, we're saved and, and, and we'll see each other, we'll, we'll reunite again at the second coming. And on the back of this statement, you know, on this, on this awesome, amazing statement, he then starts to speak in verse 5. He starts to give some practical application of, as to how we should live our lives now. Do you want to read that for us, Monica? Just start reading, you know, chapter 5, verse 1, and we'll just, just, just burn through Go this. until you say stop? Yeah, pretty much. Now concerning how and when all this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write you, for we know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly, like a thief in the night. When people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin, and there will be no escape. But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. For you are all children of the lights and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night. So be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. Mm. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us, Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Mm. Isn't that, that's just awesome. It's that really is great. like so encouraging. Uh, that's why, you know, Paul, the Pauline epistles are, you know, some of my favorite places to hang out and to read the Bible because, because I'm just like, man, you know, this is ultimately the, the inspired interpretations of of, of, of the message that Jesus was trying to, to bring to the world. You know, that's, that's what Paul's role and, and, and in Peter's epistles and in, in you know, the, the book of James and, and all these things, that's what these guys were getting at. They were trying to show, like, okay, now that Jesus has come, he's lived, he's died, he's resurrected, he's, he, he's doing his thing, like, how does that practically affect us, you know? And, and this statement here is just, um, you know, to, to, to do a, you know, classic American preacher copy, David Ashwick, it's pregnant with meaning. Yes. It's just full of amazing, um, things that are applied to our lives. But one of the things I really want to focus on is how, how it opens up. It says, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. It talks about this coming day of the Lord. That, you know, we we have studied this many times on radio, and unfortunately we don't have time to get into it, but this, what the second coming actually looks like, that, you know, no man knows the day nor the hour, um, but from the signs that God gives in the Bible, um, we know when it is coming. And, you know, as a Seventh-day Adventist Christian myself, I know from the signs, I know from the prophecies, I know from all, every single parameter that God gives about the second coming that 
it's coming soon. Mm. That's why I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. I, I am someone who is waiting for the soon advent of Jesus Christ. That's like the point. That's that's what we're here, here about. We know that he is coming soon. The interesting thing, though, is that Paul was uh, writing this to a group of Thessalonians who existed two and a half thousand years ago. And it's like... Well, how do you reconcile that? Uh, sorry, two and a half thousand, two years ago, uh, two thousand years ago. How do you reconcile that? Why is, 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 is Paul getting to this point? It's just, it's, it's very interesting piece of text. We're going to talk about it right after this song break. This is Incredible Grace with Lo He Comes featuring Matthew Smith. Every eye shall then behold him Robed in dreadful majesty Those who said had not sold him Pierced and nailed him to the tree Deeply wailing, deeply wailing Shall the true Messiah see By man rejected Now shall meet him in the Welcome back to Faith of Heaven. This is Lawson and Mono. We're doing the breakfast show. 
any faster, Lawson. <laughs> okay, give me, give me another show. Mm. Welcome back to the video. I'm doing the radio show. <laughs> wow, dude, this is wacky, man. We need, yeah. to, we need to keep it on point. I'm like, I'm, I'm. Well, I'm I, I was really enjoying out. your Bible study. Actually. Oh, you were? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cute. Well, we're going to continue our Bible study. We have another nine minutes to 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 bang out a little Bible study. Well, here. probably we eight be, minutes by the time I finish. Oh, give me the clue. Yeah, the so you should do that then. Give us yeah. another clue for the quiz. This is this is probably going to be the one giveaway clue that everyone gets it on. Oh, um, yeah. Yours. Sorry, stay, stay tuned. So, clue number five is this. Lot's wife looked back towards Sodom and was turned into a pillar of this. Oh. <laughs> oh. Does the answer involve... But I tell you what, it doesn't involve. It doesn't involve pepper. Oh, now that is a clue. That is <laughs> Give a us a call. One eight hundred Faith FM is the number. One eight hundred three two four eight four three, or you can text zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, and you can win today's prize, which is a uh, two in one book, "The Story of Redemption: and Steps mm. to Christ" by E. G. White. All right, so we're getting back to our Bible studies. We're talking about this text in. First Thessalonians chapter 5, um, and the opening sort of uh, couple of verses in that chapter, how, you know, it goes on and it's like this amazing exhortation, this amazing thing, you know, do not be sons of darkness, be sons of light, know that Jesus is coming soon. Mm, such an encouragement. And it says here, it's like, for you yourselves know, this is in verse 2, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Um when they say peace and safety, you know, such and such, yeah, yeah. Essentially, what Paul's getting to is like, man, you of all people know that Jesus is coming soon. Um, it's like, man, did, you know, we're, we're sitting here 2,000 years later, and, and we know from the from the books of Daniel and, and its prophetic interpretation, like, like you know, someone inspired like Paul must have understood that, yeah. that, that there was a, lots of stuff that had to happen before, you know, like before Jesus would come, lots of stuff that was happening way in the future after the time of the Thessalonians church that he was writing to. But it's interesting here. Um, hey, yeah. just a sideways question. Where do you think Paul got his information from? He seems to know like specifically the order of events at the second coming. But he never actually spoke to mm-hmm. Jesus when Jesus was on earth. Right? You should read Acts chapter 9. Because I read it this morning. Oh. Because he did talk to Jesus. Saul, Saul, why hast thou persecuteth me? No. I said when Jesus was on earth. 100%. Well, the thing you got to know about Paul, Paul was a... um, he was one of the greatest Jewish lawyers at the time. Um, and we see that, you know, not only from the practical experience of how he goes against Tertullus in the closing books of the uh, closing chapters of the book of Acts and just totally destroys the guy. Uh, but he trained under the lawyer Gamaliel, um, who was one, yeah, one of the greatest leaders of, the, of, of Israel. He was part of the Sanhedrin. Um, Paul was, you know, he was the kind of guy who probably would have had the whole t- Old Testament memorized. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, in the Old Testament, you look in books like, you know, Daniel, Isaiah, Zechariah, all these amazing books that so explicitly lay out the the set of events of the second coming. Also, you know, he spent time with the apostles who, you know, we see we see in his epistles how he was spending time with Peter, how he was spending time with the apostles who spent time with Jesus, um, who recorded the events of, of what Jesus did. And we know that the book of Mark, scholars say that the book of Mark was written, um, you know, f- five to ten years after the events of Jesus. And now Paul was a missionary for much, much, much longer after that. And the, by, by the time he wrote the book of Thessalonians, we're talking, uh, I think scholars estimate, you know, he's, uh, you know, 20, 30 years deep in his ministry, you know, like this is, Paul, you know, would have had resources to know what Jesus said about the second coming by spending time with the apostles and in the written word as well. So, so Paul, you know, was very knowledgeable. Um, but lastly, Paul was a prophet of God. Mm. Paul, you know, um, self-proclaimed and also proclaimed by, in, in fact, Peter says, take what Paul says as scripture. Okay. So, wow. so Paul was like a prophet. Um, he was considered to be, you know, a messenger from God as, you know, as any of the Old Testament prophets were. were. 
Um, so yeah, that's how Paul got his information. That's why he was so knowledgeable to lay out the sort of set of events as he did. But it's interesting when he says here, you know, he says to the Thessalonians, oh, watch out because second coming is coming soon and you won't know when it's coming. It's like, but Paul, didn't you know that it had to, to come heaps later? And it's, it's funny, in the book of Second Thessalonians, in the first chapter, he does his little greeting like, hey guys, I love you heaps. Like, just want to let you know you're awesome. Uh, I love hearing everything about you. Just want to write some stuff to you. And then he opens... Um, Second Thessalonians chapter two, like this, the first verse of the second chapter is just like, now brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together with him, we ask you, do not be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word of letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed and the son of perdition. So essentially Paul's like, oh, hey, um, that thing we're talking about, the second coming, um, Obviously, like the, the the amazing thing with the letters is that Paul is often responding to a situation that's happening. You're you're often reading and understanding one side of a conversation, and so Paul's written this letter about the second coming that is First Thessalonians, and he's like, "It's coming soon, guys. You know, watch as a thief." And then obviously the Thessalonians responded to that in a way where they were like, "Oh, we just gotta like go crazy and be super ready for the second coming," and they they may, might have become a little bit fanatical about it. So then Paul wrote to them and said, "Hey, um, actually, you know, it's not." It's not coming, like, right now. So, you can... There's, like, a bunch of stuff that needs to happen first. So, you need to chill out, fam. Uh, which is... Which I find to be, you know, uh, pretty funny. Um, but the thing is about First Thessalonians chapter 5 is that this is actually nearly prophetic. In fact, it is prophetic. Because Paul is talking to the people. You know, he's not only talking to the Thessalonians, like... And he's talking to the Thessalonians in the way of practical application. He's like... Hey, Jesus is going to come as a thief in the night when you do not know. The reason I believe that he says that is that the decision that you make today has eternal impact and consequences. Like, if you make a decision for Jesus today, you will be saved in eternity. If you don't, well, then you'll be lost. So, Paul is sort of making that commentary that, hey, like, you guys have a decision to make. Consecrate yourself to Jesus. Come to him you know, become his child, become a son of light, um, as I'm saying you are, um, because Jesus will come at a time that you don't expect, even if you're already dead. And this is the point that he was making there. He's talking about, you know, the dead in Christ and the alive in Christ and all that stuff. But it takes on a whole new meaning when you put it in our 2019 context that we are a group of people who are on the verge. You know, we're in the closing chapters of Earth's history. We are awaiting the soon coming of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus. And it's like, no, this this has very real practical application for us. It's like, yes, we know that Jesus is coming soon. So let's do everything we can to share this message of Jesus. That's why it says at the end of, uh, of chapter 4, it says, Comfort not one another with these words. Jesus gives this amazing explanation of what the second coming will look like and what it will be like and how we can have so much hope in it because those who have fallen asleep and those who are alive in Jesus and everything, like, man, we can just be so stoked because it's coming soon and we're going to meet together in the clouds and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be the most incredible, awesome thing ever. And then he's like, for you yourself, know the season that you're in. And for us, we know the season that we're in. Jesus is coming soon. Let's do something about it. Let's follow the words of Jesus. Let's follow his great commission that he has for us. Let's be a people who is telling the world that there is hope for you. And it's in Jesus. And it's in his first advent when he died on a cross for you. And now it's in his second advent when he's coming to take you from heaven where there will be no pain, nor death, nor suffering. God is good. God is good. And he is coming for you. And that's amazing. You are listening to Faith FM. Soon we'll be done with the troubles of the world Going to live with God No more No more weeping and wailing No more No more weeping and wailing No more No more weeping and wailing Going to Troublesome times are here Filling men's hearts with fear Freedom we all hold dear Now is that stay Humbling your heart to God 
saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod. Christians away. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Well, many will meet their doom. Trumpets will sound, surely sound. All of the dead shall rise. Righteous meet in the sky. Oh, going where no one dies, heavenward Wholesome fun for the kids these school holidays? Maitland Church is having its winter break frog fun day again for six to nine year olds. What do you mean, Frog Lyle? Is this a fun day for amphibians? No. Frog stands for fully relying on God, and this holiday's theme is Dare to Be Different. Activities include songs, Bible stories, crafts and snacks. This is a one-day-only special event on Wednesday, the 10th of July, starting at 9am. To register your kids, call 0411-222-760. The address is 72 Brunswick Street, East Maitland. Kids, you are welcome to bring all your friends, but book now as spaces are limited. That number again, 04. 04- one one triple two seven six zero. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
Faith FM, we have come to question of the day. But before we do... Yeah, it's got an announcement. Uh, Patrick from Ingle Farm in South Australia has snapped up the quiz. Good on you, Patrick. Yeah, the answer, of course, was salt. Salt? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm really confused about the whole, like, you know, what was it? Paul said you should sprinkle your conversation with salt. Mm. That's a bit weird. I actually can't believe I didn't get that first one because I I read that and did it. That was really hard. Instead of the covenant of salt. It was made yeah. with David. I was like, man, what? I even know what that was about. I couldn't, I, how couldn't I get that? I'm such a silly boy. Young Lawson, you are still but young. Yeah, I am still, still but, but young. young. Yes, indeed. Let no one despise you in your youth, as the uh, as, as First Timothy, I believe, said. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I don't despise you. It's fine. Don't worry. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> it is time. Uh, it is time indeed for our question of the day. Yeah. And uh, Lawson, uh-huh. someone's out for you. Somebody yeah. is out for you. Um, the question is. Uh, there's like a bunch of really smart scholars out there who have been able to calculate, mm-hmm. right, the second coming, uh-huh. haven't they? Well, um, okay, we're going to do a bit of a short answer, long answer. This is my favorite way to answer questions. Um, the short answer is they're wrong. Um, <laughs> okay. That's straight to the point. Yep. <laughs> That's pretty to the point. Straight from the hip. They're bang, wrong. Bang. And, and let me now explain, um, why, um, well, the, you know, there is a bunch of people who have been calculating the, uh, the, you know, the end of the world, not only in the uh, religious world, but in the secular world as well. Uh, I remember before um, Stephen Hawking died, he said uh, that, you know, he had his own prediction that the world, you know, by 2050, um, you know, population growth and, and you know, the, the temperature of the earth would rise to the point where... Um, it would only be able to, you know, everyone would die out and it would only be able to sustain about one billion people. Um, that was Stephen Hawking's prediction of, of, you know, the end of the earth. And then from there, it's just going to continue to decline, 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 like, you know, a bit of a Mad Max kind of post-apocalyptic, uh-huh. you know, style, something like that. Um, 
but then in the uh, in the religious world, you know, there are there are numbers of sort of things people point to as signs of like, oh, this thing just happened. Jesus is going to come in in fifty days, and that sort of doomsday world <clears throat> clock is it's it's forever moving. Yes. It's forever moving. I think we talked about this. This is a study for a, definitely another time. But when we talk about the Antichrist, for example, you know, the evangelical world, it's just a constant guessing game because they've sort of set their theology in up in a way that it just is. Aren't there even religions who keep trying to guess, like the and the Latter Day Saints constantly publishing new dates? Yeah, new dates, yeah. new new everything, and it's like, man, something that's as important as you know, one, the Antichrist, which I just mentioned, but two, the Second Coming. Mm. Wouldn't God give us exact information? Yeah, on like what's going on there. And the thing is, is that He does. Um, when it comes to the Antichrist, this is what Jesus says about the Antichrist. He says, "Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branches um, have already become tender and puts forth leaves, you will know that summer is near." So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the door. That was Matthew 24, chap- uh, chapter 24, verses 32 and 33. So it's like, oh, there's these signs. And when you see them, you're going to know that the second coming is near. Okay, does that make sense? It's like, oh, so does that mean from those signs we're able to calculate the exact you know, time and, and date that Jesus is going to come? Well, this is what it says just a couple verses later. It says, but of that day and hour... No one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. It's like, can you get any more clearer than that? And the Bible says this a number of times. It's just like straight up. It's like, yep, so there's signs. We know that it's near from the signs. And, you know, from the signs, I 100% believe it's near. Um, But to calculate the exact time and date when Jesus is going to come back, um, no, no. No, no, Jesus just straight up says, no one knows. And it's actually smart that God does this. Why? Because the Bible says that the day of salvation is today. You know, we should be making decisions on for Jesus, not just because, oh, we know that it's coming now. I'm just going to procrastinate and put it off. You know? Yeah, I'll no, be bad God's- for like 100 days and then right before... Yeah. Yeah. God wants you to make a decision for him now because you will start to live your best life now. 100%. I'm not a self-help guru, but sometimes I th- say things that makes me sound like I am. <laughs> it makes me sound like I should be. But ultimately, Jesus is coming soon. We don't know exactly when, but you should make a decision today to be ready for that. So if you want to do that, pull over in your car, you know, pray to God and say, hey, make me ready for your second coming. This is Bart Milliard with Jesus Cares For Me. It seems too good to be All my worries and doubts released Jesus cares for me I was all alone without a trace of Oh! 
does care for me did you know that he does amen mm, if you didn't know i would have told you oh mm. oh it's okay <laughs> but you know what? what jesus cares for our listeners too yes indeed, indeed, indeed. and that's why he's put it on our heart to give them free stuff <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed you can be the person who calls true first today on 1-800-FAITH-FM 1-800-324-843 our quiz prize has already been snapped up and now let's get this giveaway snapped up Today's giveaway is by T.D. Jakes. Uh, it is called Loose That Man and Let Him Go. Ooh, which man? Every man. Oh, okay. Let, let, tell me, what's going on with this book? This is, uh, this is an urgent message for every man today. So never in the history of the church has there been a time when God has so urgently stirred the hearts of men to become all he created them to be and accomplish mm. all he created them to accomplish. Never in the history of the church has been a time when men, believers and unbelievers, have been so confused about who they are and what their purpose is. This book holds a powerful work of healing, of restoration of man to his God-given masculinity, strength and purpose. Mm. Every word pierces the heart and ignites the fire of manhood. As you read, you will feel the gentle yet firm hand of Jesus taking hold of the limitations, bondages and strongholds that have compromised, uh, that have comprised your grave, grave clothes and locked you in a tomb of unfilled desires and frustrated dreams like Lazarus you are now commanded to come forth into the light of all God has planned for you from the foundation of the world that's the back of the book that I've been reading to you so this is an incredible book uh, this is not just a book for dudes this is for, for women as well um, if you have a man in your life you definitely want to read this uh, on his behalf um, but definitely get a copy of T.D. Jake's Loose That Man and Let Him Go. The reason I picked this is because every day this week I felt a little tug to pull this book out as a giveaway and I haven't known why. Mm. Today I finally gave in and decided, you know what, I'm just going to announce that one. Give us a call if you'd like a copy of that, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Thank you so much for joining us this week on The Breakfast Show. Lawson and I will be back on Monday morning, bright and bushy-eyed. and Bushy-eyed? <laughs> bushy-eyed, yeah. We'll be bushy-eyed. See ya. Have a good weekend.